Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I actually have a message here. It's a Pete tweet from Jeff who says, Pete, I miss Rush every day. You are no Rush. You are Pete. And I thank you for what you do and how you do it. A fan. Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Although I got to say, it took a turn. I thought it was going so- I thought it was going one direction. <laughs> and then it turned another direction. No, it's true. I appreciate it. I, people ask me about that and I'm, I'm not, and I always say I'm not, I'm, we're different people. And he's like, he's the guy that allows me to do what I do. He, everything he did, I kind of got to piggyback off of him and he's, he's the great one. He's the Maharishi. So no, I am, I am not, <laughs> nowhere anywhere near him uh as far as talent goes or uh you know his uh, delivery and his pipes he had a great voice i don't have a great voice he's got a great voice had a great voice yeah so no i was i was uh, i don't want to say i'm a rush baby because i remember like it, i was in high school or so when i first heard him so um all right so on the uh the uh, this uh, uh border security issue because it's more than just the southern border, right? It's 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 keeping track of people who come into the country. How do we do it? There are all sorts of ways that people come into the country, and if we are not able to figure out ways to police who's coming in, I mean, my goodness, we have a hard enough time keeping track of the people that are that that are from this country that live in this country and the bad stuff they do. You know, let alone trying to keep track of everybody that's coming in. And I understand. You're not going to get it right every single time. I do understand that. Um, every system, you know, there are bad people. They're going to try to work their way around all of the uh, the security measures in place. I totally get it. But it seems like we're not even making an effort on some of this stuff, you know? And I don't mean the people that are that are charged with having to go out and and, and do this work, you know? I'm talking about policies and bureaucrats that are – that that don't seem interested in creating a secure border. It seems like they're okay with letting a whole bunch of bad people in, as long as it means they get a couple of their voters. I mean, I mean, uh, people seeking to breathe free, yearning to breathe free, right? This is why the idea to send migrants or immigrants I'm not calling them. I don't like this term migrant. They're, they are immigrants, right? They, a migrant to me indicates somebody who is, you know, migrating to an area, but then intends to go back, like uh, migrant workers, right? That was always the term I knew growing up. It was migrant workers. But I mean, what is the left if they can't corrupt language? I mean, really? So they changed now this term. It was, you know, illegal alien. They're like, no person is illegal. No, I'm not an alien, you know. So then you can't use those words. So then they started the undocumented immigrants, and now apparently they just, you know, shorten that one down to migrants or asylum seekers, you know, putting the best spin on this term. I prefer the term undocumented immigrants, right? The ones who come in, not the asylum people, talking about the people who, you know, cross the border 
and then evade detection, right? In the sense that we knew who they uh, were, we did know who they were. See, the asylum seeker people, they would have been the undocumented immigrants, but for the Biden administration giving them the asylum program, giving them an app where you could just apply online. Oh, yeah, by the way, shocker of shockers, whole bunch of problems with that. Apparently, some bad actors are using that in order to gain entry into the United States when they're not allowed to. Isn't that amazing? I never would have thought that you could use an app to do yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. A bad person did a bad thing with a tool. It's interesting. Oh, did you hear what happened in New Mexico? I'll get to that. Um, so 10,000 migrants a month. That's what New York City is seeing. 10,000 migrants a month. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, did a town hall last week. I'm sure you heard this by now. He said the... Uh, City, New York City is projected to spend $12 billion over the course of three years to address the crisis as the Big Apple has cared for over 100,000 migrants with more on the way. Quote, never in my life have I had a problem that I didn't see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this, he said. This issue will destroy New York City. Could you imagine if he's a Republican? you imagine a Republican saying that immigration is going to destroy your city? <gasps> what racist! He's a xenophobe. He's just trying to cling to his patriarchal structure. White supremacy. Yeah, yeah. You'd get all of that kind of response if this was a Republican talking in the same, using these same words. But because he's a Democrat, we know his heart. And he's just worried about the impact. I mean, maybe he said it, what's the term they use? An inartful way. Remember that one when they started inartful, an inartful comment. Yeah, in other words, you said some stupid crap. That's what that means, inartful. Yeah. This issue will destroy New York City, he says. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. People, you realize, like, down at the border, they're picking up, like, 1,000 in these little towns. They're they're gaining, like, 1,000 a day. Um. People all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come. Uh, they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. Yes, yes, exactly, Mayor Adams. That is what millions of people all over the planet have decided to do. You know why? Because we're pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, America's a okay, especially when you compare it. What did Donald Trump call them? I forget. Anyway, uh, these other countries where they live, and they don't want to live there anymore. And so they want to come here. Neil Diamond prophesized this. And so they are coming to America. And people down at the border, those you know evil Republicans along the border who have been seeing this happen for, you know, the last, I don't know, 20-something years, they keep telling you this is happening. But when it was just left to them to deal with, it was all about, eh, it's not in your backyard, so who cares, right? You didn't mind. And maybe if some of them could get up to New York City, okay, fine. But you knew that that meant that they had family and friends here that were able to help them get here, right? Because you can't just show up in New York and not have any, you know, money, not have any place to stay. Well, actually, that is what they're they're coming now. And now all of a sudden they, they broke the city of New York. Isn't that amazing? That's all it took. About 10 months, nine, 10 months. 
sending the migrants up there to New York City. And by the way, they want to go there. The, the people that are getting on these buses and planes or whatever, they want to go there. And it's no different than what the Biden administration has been doing. They've been chartering buses and planes and flying migrants everywhere all over the country. And they don't tell anybody when they get there. They just roll in. They drop off a bunch of people that want to go to some places, and that's it. And people on the right see it as a way to try to uh, get Democrat-aligned votes into various states. I don't know if that's the ulterior motive or not. seems pretty underhanded to be doing it the way they're doing it. It may just be as simple as they don't want the attention. They don't want people to see them chartering illegal immigrants all over the country and putting them into into towns where there there may be some resistance. And apparently one of those towns is New York City. Yeah, they're now pretty upset about it. Yeah, he says it's going to destroy the city. That's pretty tough terms, you know. He says, quote, every community in the city is going to be impacted. We have a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in the city is going to be impacted. Wait a minute. So are you saying that they cost money? They're costing you money? That's weird. I remember, now granted, I'm getting pretty old, but I remember when anytime you suggested that there was a cost to immigration, illegal, specifically immigration, because legal immigration, I see as a positive. I like legal immigration. I want the best and brightest from every other country that wants to be an American, that wants to be here. I want them here because they're the ones that love the idea of America. And they're the ones that are like smart. And I don't know if you're aware of like what, like what you've been cranking out here recently. So like I'm thinking, hey, let's get some of the smart people in here. And then we can own the patents that China will steal, and we can have like all of the innovation and technology that China will steal, and uh, and, and we can be better than all the other countries. See, I view it as a positive. Now, illegal. Well, now we don't. Now we don't have as much control. You know, we don't have as much control. And not only might we be getting some like some some dumb ones, but we might also be getting some bad actors. In fact, probably a lot of bad actors, because you could just stick them in with a large wave of. People crossing the border, you just plant a couple of them in there and they just they, they get lost in the sea of humanity, you know? He says, you asked me a question about migrants. Tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're, uh, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City. It's going to come to your neighborhoods. All of us are going to be impacted by this. The city we knew we were about to lose. Oh, my God. Get Mayor Adams a tiki torch. He sounds like one of the blood and soil guys. Holy smokes. And by the way, um, the Biden administration now is contemplating an idea, what he's calling a, a remain in Texas policy. <laughs> I swear, this guy, this freaking guy. All right, I'll tell you what it's about in a minute. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. 
Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Just for the record, I got no benefit out of this whatsoever, but... They are one of the advertisers here on WBT, and I use them, Michael and Sons, and I had a whole bunch of guys out at the place today. Like it was a Michael and Sons convention out at my house. So Ethan, we had Ethan out there. He was doing HVAC uh, checkups for us. We had Carlos doing electrical, and we had Zuala doing, uh, we had a problem with our garbage disposal, which is kind of weird because it, it's it's brand new. The house is newly built, and... Um, and all of a sudden, a couple of weeks ago, I turned it on, and we don't really ever run the, the garbage disposal. We have a little strainer. We catch, like, everything. We throw it away. So we don't even really use the garbage disposal. And then all of a sudden, I use it, and it starts cranking up all of this, like, metal chewing sound. Very bad. So, of course, I, you know, stop. Well, first, I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on in there? I stuck my hand in it. No, I'm kidding. I turned it off first. And then I stuck my hand in it, and I was like, but no, I turned the breaker off. Then I stuck my hand in it, and and I started pulling out and it was like this just shredded metal. And so he got in there and looked at it, and he was like, yeah, it's uh, it, it's like the housing. It's just, it's just like eating away. At, something came loose. It just started chewing it up. So, yeah, that's fun. Anyway, so uh, great guys. They did a great job over at Michael & Sons. Again, not a paid endorser. I'm just letting you know. They were out there at the house today, and uh, and they did great work. I enjoyed it. So, uh, well, I mean, I didn't enjoy, like, I mean, I didn't do the work. I enjoyed talking with them while they did the work. I think they charged me more for that, actually. If I'm going to, like, hang around and ask them what they're doing, there was a service. I'm just kidding. There's no service charge for that. No, they put up with me for free. Uh, <laughs> no, they did a good job. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, so th- this uh, th- this effort by the red state governors to start bussing people to the blue state sanctuary cities. This is this has been a brilliant operation because now we've got elected officials in both parties saying the same thing finally. Yeah, they're saying the same thing. And it's creating such a problem that now the president who has, you know, been able to ignore the Republicans and they're clamoring for relief for years on immigration-related policy and the strain and pressures it puts on their local communities down along the border, Biden and Democrat officials have been able to ignore this and just say, oh, that's the racist Republicans. But now that we're seeing these uh, people being moved into sanctuary cities and the sanctuary cities that were like, we're sanctuary, we want everyone to be here. And you're like, okay, here you go. And like, no, no, no. Your backyard. We wanted them in your backyard. We just wanted to virtue signal that we are better than you while not having to do any of the things that we're requiring of you. That's how that works. So now everybody seems like they're kind of on the same page. I got some audio. We'll take a listen. All right. You may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. They got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. 
There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Zach Bissonette is an author. On Twitter, he said, after seven years of crying about how uh, how love trumps hate and sobbing photo shoots at migrant detention centers, Democrats are now whining to Joe Biden, asking him to keep migrants in Texas, a state they claim poses a racist threat to immigrants, <laughs> Right. That's what they say. They say that the Republicans are racist, they're xenophobes, and all of this. And so when Texas is like, okay, here, you handle it. And they're like, oh, no. No, no, not me. I mean, no. We need to we need to keep them in your racist state. I mean, because obviously that's the, right, that's the humanitarian thing to do. You keep the asylum seekers under the thumb of the racist, xenophobic Republicans. Of course. The Biden administration is considering forcing some migrant families who enter the country without authorization to remain near the border in Texas while awaiting asylum screening, effectively limiting their ability to travel within the United States. This, according to three U.S. officials, speaking with the Los Angeles Times. Over on The View, not that anybody cares, but over on The View, Anna Navarro, alleged Republican, uh, really sums up the lefty position on this quite well, I think. But frankly, you know, I think we need to find, and, and we've dealt with this before. Mm. I, I lived in, uh, in Miami. Yeah. I was a migrant, an immigrant in Miami yeah. in the 80s. You'll remember when we had the Marielle boat lift. Yeah. Yes. 125,000 Cubans yeah. came in a matter of six months. It puts tremendous stress on, on, on a city, yeah. on a community, uh-huh. on the social services. Yeah. They need to be resettled elsewhere. They need, right? to, they need to be out. We're this right, massive yeah. country. Well, and it's only going to get worse with global warming and climate change. Oh, my people God. can't live in certain parts of this world. Leave it to Behar to get even stupider, right? But, um, right, so, okay, so what are they saying? We need to spread it out. Uh, that's what Texas is doing, Anna. That is exactly what Texas is doing. And Arizona, well, no, the former governor of Arizona. But that's what the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, is doing. The Biden plan would force certain migrant families to remain in Texas. Maybe there. Hey, guys. All right. Look, if we're already on this uh, on this idea of remain in Texas, right? The idea is you want to keep them someplace until they can get their hearings and everything settled, whatever. How about this? How about instead of remaining in Texas, just hear me out. I'm going to say remain in Mexico. It just sounds, it's easier to say. It's like an alliterative kind of a sound to it. Remain in Mexico, right? Just from a branding standpoint. That's all. So have them remain in Mexico instead of remaining in Texas. I just think remain in Mexico sounds better. And and as I understand it, the Mexican government, they're not xenophobic or racist. And so uh, like the Texas government is. And so 
uh, you can have them remain in Mexico and then they won't be subjected to the white supremacy. Hmm? I think it's a win-win. I think it's a win-win. Because you're already saying, look, we want to track people with GPS monitoring devices, uh, ankle bracelets, for, uh, for example. Um, the L.A. Times says families would be put through an asylum screening process to determine whether they could stay in the U.S. and proceed with their claims. Then officials have discussed working with local organizations to provide housing for the families. But it has to be in Texas. You see, it's got to be in Texas. It can't be in any of the sanctuary cities that said they would take people. See, because when they said they would take people, they didn't really mean they would take them. I mean, come on. No. No, they merely wanted to say they're better than you. That's all. Come on now. Fellow on Twitter named Mike Solana says, Understanding the impulse to laugh at all of this as the coastal left has mocked border concerns for years, but this is a major problem for the entire country. You can't create a welfare state and then open your borders without crippling your infrastructure. Right. But apparently this is the lesson that uh, Democrats need to learn through pain. I don't like any more than you. But that's where we are. Republicans have been telling Democrat officials for 20 years, my entire professional career, I have covered this topic since the early 2000s. I remember when Pat McCrory was mayor, he set up the immigration task force in Charlotte. It's like the first of its kind anywhere. Brought in all these leaders from all these different sectors, you know, hospitals, education, uh, law enforcement, right? And brought them all in and was like, like, you know, what's the cost? What are the benefits? How do we address this? What are the rules and all of this? That, and it was the work on that, uh, on that task force that got Jim Pendergraph on the radar. He was the Democrat sheriff got him on the radar of the Bush administration because he went and found the 487 uh, g program. 47? 287G. I may have doubled the size of it almost. It was inadvertent. I apologize. And it was the screening process where anybody that came into the jail when arrested for something else, non-immigration related, but if you get arrested for something and they bring you to the jail, you then get screened through the government database. And then they know, okay, you're not here legally. Now we can set you up for deportation proceedings. And then, of course, this was outrageous. You can't do that. So what does the uh, Texas governor re uh, reply to the Biden administration on this idea to remain in Texas, his remain in Texas policy? Texas Governor Greg Abbott has now promised to send even more buses to Washington, D.C. if President Joe Biden's proposal to restrict the ability of border states to relocate illegal immigrants to other spots around the country proceeds. Quote, Biden considers forcing migrant families to remain in Texas. This scam was tried years ago, and it was shot down by a judge. He says, we will send Biden the same swift justice. So you know what this is, right? This is the equivalent of the wall just got 10 feet taller. <laughs> that's, what, that's what this is. He fights, right? Keep up the pressure. Keep it up. The people who are getting on these buses and planes that are traveling throughout the country, they want to go. They want to be relocated. And the Biden administration and their allies in the media, they have turned a blind eye to the pressures, to the bankrupting of cities and counties and states down along the border. They don't care. Okay, let's bankrupt you then. And you can't stop us from sending them. And they want to go. So rather than you relocate them to places you want to in the dead of night, or dare I call it the cloak of night, um, how about the Republican 
government is going to send them over to you guys. And they're going to pick where they go. And they're going to pick cities that have proclaimed themselves to be sanctuary cities. Because you wanted all the credit, all the credit for your moral superiority without having to do anything. Well, guess what? Now you got to do something. And when faced with that prospect, now the mayor of New York City is sounding like a right-wing tiki torch holding xenophobe. Funny how the worm turns. I have no idea what that phrase means, but it seems applicable. All right, so I mentioned this earlier. Let me let me get to it so I don't uh, leave you hanging. Jennifer Granholm, U.S. Department, uh, or the uh, Secretary of Energy, she and an entourage, they did this cross-country trip in electric vehicles in order to show how awesome electric vehicles are, right? And at times they had to grapple, though, with the limitations of the present. Like when her caravan of EVs, including a luxury Cadillac Lyric, a hefty Ford F-150, and an affordable Bolt electric utility vehicle was planning to fast charge in Grovetown, a suburb of Augusta, Georgia. Her advance team realized that there weren't going to be enough plugs to go around. So one of the station's four chargers was broken and others were occupied. So an energy department staffer parked a non-electric vehicle next to one of the charging stations to reserve the spot for the secretary of energy who was going to be coming to use it. Now that did not go down. Well, according to NPR, a regular gas powered car blocking the only free spot for a charger. In fact, a family that got boxed out on a sweltering day with a baby in the vehicle was so upset. They called the cops The sheriff's office said they couldn't do anything. It's not illegal for a non-EV to claim a charging spot in Georgia. Energy department staff scrambled to smooth over the situation, including sending other vehicles to slower chargers until both the frustrated family and the secretary had room to charge. I mean, I would love, I, I can't wait to see the interview with that family that got stuck in the sweltering vehicle. You know, I would love to see that. It's going to be great. Um, Also, I know we've been talking a lot recently about impeaching Joe Biden. Uh, We now need to impeach the New Mexico uh, governor, though. Um, What's her name? Michelle Lujan Grisham. Oh, sorry. Michelle Lujan Grisham. She issued a uh, stunt of emergency. I guess she took a page from uh, uh, my good friend Ray Cooper with his stunt of emergency on education. I mean, it's not a real state of emergency. It's just like, I think this is important. And so I'm going to call it a state of emergency, but not actually be a state of emergency. And so she did that, except she's actually claiming there to be a state of emergency with her stunt of emergency. And she is saying, you're not allowed to conceal carry anymore in Albuquerque. Or open carry in Albuquerque. Those are both laws, by the way. But she has unilaterally, unilaterally, she has decided that there is a state of emergency because there were some deaths by gunfire over the last three months. And so it's a state of emergency. And so lawful gun owners are not allowed to carry their weapons any longer. That's going to stop the criminals. In fact, oh no, she was asked about this and she said, no, actually, she doesn't think the criminals are going to stop. But it sends a message. And isn't that the important thing? I'm not kidding. She, that's what she said. She was asked directly, and I don't know who this reporter was, but kudos to the reporter who's like 
asking her questions like you've just described crimes. How do these crimes relate to law abiding citizens that you're now going after? You're going to start arresting. Right. Law abiding citizens who have gone through the concealed carry process. Who have gone through, gotten background checks or whatever. They've, they've done what they needed to do to get their firearm, to get their concealed carry. And they've also, you know, gone through the, the background check, the NICS check in order to purchase the firearm. And now if they carry the firearm, you're going to have them arrested. And you said you don't have all the prison space already. You said you don't have jail space for all the criminals. And that's why everybody's getting turned loose. But it sends a message, she says. And then she said, when asked about the constitutional authority, she said, well... It's not absolute. You know, I take my oath. She says, no constitutional right, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. Right. We know that. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take oaths. That's not intended to actually be an absolute oath. Like when you say, I swear upon like this Bible in front of God and my family that I won't do something. I mean, it doesn't mean in all circumstances. Right. No, it does actually. That, that's, that, that is actually what an oath is all about. So, uh, you folks in New Mexico, you legislate, uh, legislators in New Mexico, y'all best to start getting on the impeachment there. I mean, nothing less than the democracy is at stake. Am I right? She's a tyrant. Right? Six Semper Tyrannus. Isn't that the thing? Or Semper Six? Yeah, six, yeah. Anyway, down with the tyrants. We shall see. Some DAs and sheriffs are not going to comply. So that's good. We'll see. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.